You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to another episode of SSPN. My name is Jude McLaren. That man over there is Ethan Quintero, and we're back at you to talk about the Spurs once more. And the thing that we're getting used to, Ethan, is just L's against whoever we're playing. Um, I'm sure that at least the Rocket series is still going to be pretty competitive. We're going to still have that as Mm, a rivalry where, you know, we don't have to sit down and just cower over like we have to do to the Mavericks at this point. Um, But another Spurs loss, 90-115 to the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. The, The Timberwolves seem like they're getting in their groove. They have a ton of talent on that team, objectively, in my opinion. They're more talented than the Spurs. That's not an excuse. That's just an explanation tonight. Um, And you still see the youth that they're working through if you watch this game. But let's just get right into things, Ethan. So we'll start off with offensive MVP. uh, And I think that this may be a back-to-back hitter for the man uh, this time. I I don't know if one of us had Devin Vassell as the offensive MVP last week or last game, excuse me. But Devin Vassell was the offensive MVP once again tonight, in my opinion, at least. Um, Two for seven from three kind of got cool as the game went on, but everything was just terrible late game. So I feel like that was just I mean, I don't want to make excuses for him, but like literally like when his three point shooting dropped off, that's when everything dropped off. It felt like still Mm -hmm. had 18 tonight, uh, led the team, went eight for 14 overall. So still shot, you know, above 50 percent. Uh, when it comes to totals, uh, got some boards tonight, got an, uh, a nice steal play as well that we saw, got a good block. Um, I really think he was probably the overall MVP tonight as well. DeJounte had an off game. When DeJounte has an off game, the Spurs lose by 25, I think. Yeah. Yeah, 25. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Devin Vassell's definitely the offensive MVP, probably just the all-around MVP too. Um, and you mentioned all of the stats. He had 18 points tonight, four boards, an assist, a steal, a block, doing a little bit of everything. Uh, but just not looking at this box score, to me, Devin was the MVP because of just his all-out effort, it seemed like. You know, once we kind of started getting beaten down a little bit, especially in that third quarter, fourth quarter type of uh, type of time, um, Devin was really still being very aggressive, trying to get to the basket. It seems to me, Jude, that the past few games when we've been losing, Devin's getting super frustrated with maybe himself, but also the rest of the team in general. I don't know if you were picking up on that, but it seems to me like, like I don't, I don't know. He's almost like, guys, we're losing, and it's not going to be because of me. Like I'm going to do everything I possibly can, and you guys are really letting me down here because I'm trying really hard. I don't know if that's really how he's feeling. That's just the body language I was kind of picking up on. Uh, but I, I've always been a fan of Devin Vassell's aggressiveness when it comes to getting to the rack, and that opens up the rest of his game. Okay, I do understand what you're saying there specifically because I had something written down on this, and I don't want to spoil of what I have to get to earlier, but one of the things that I hadn't ri- had written down on my game notes every single time 
we've been watching games i've been trying to write down like thoughts that i have like significant ones not stupid little ones and i wrote not the biggest fan of the Derek Bryn, lonnie devon thad lineup and then late it was that same lineup but you had kiata bates playing center so it's like i can totally understand how devin vassell has that body language when he's in that situation where it's basically garbage time there's a chance the spurs could come back but probably not and i think that was kind of the mindset of everybody else other than trey jones i want to give him a little bit of credit Mm -hmm. um but that lineup i was actually referring to he wasn't in that lineup but there was that late game kiata bates lineup that he was in um and we'll, we'll talk about trey jones a little bit later tonight too but just going back to devin that that's basically what he kind of was in that situation like what you just described it kind of felt like that's what was happening when we were watching the game you saw the steal the effort um and you know when he's not on the floor with guys that match that which really the two guys that I feel like have truly matched that this year not saying that other guys can't but it's Jakob Pertl and, and DeJounte Murray and to be honest he hasn't spent a lot of time on the floor with them and that may be because he's the only other guy that is really bringing that so they need him on the floor when they're not so that way that the effort is there in the first place so a lot of things going on with the Spurs right now but I think we're learning a lot about the team um and so I think it's not all bad but he was definitely uh the MVP on the offensive side of things tonight word (laughs) all right just looking at some comments here guys want to say what's up to Boudet want to say shout out to my man TSR um yeah, yes, this this was a thing. We did see the the old Keldon Johnson center lineup. Uh, you know, I did want to see that for the memes one day in garbage time against the Rockets or maybe in real time against the Rockets, uh, not against the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. You can see you can see Ethan's face. You might have seen him tweet about it as well. And while we're at it, go ahead and follow us on Twitter if you want to see some good content. Ethan had a funny one tonight, and uh, you could probably relate to him uh, on the on the Twitter board tonight for sure. Oh. So man <laughs> we got a bunch of people saying trade Dejounte. uh we will give you kemba kevin knox i think this is a knicks fan a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 first rounder hey appreciate it my guy but he's one of the few things we got going good for us so i don't think we're gonna go for that but <laughs> you know there, there's a lot of overreactions i'm sure that we'll see in spurs nation tonight but getting back a little bit on track to what our whole synopsis is here we'll talk about the defensive side of the ball and for the first time in our post games this year granted we're still pretty early in the season so this might happen uh again ethan and that's that we don't have a defensive mvp we just don't nobody really deserved it that much tonight if you're gonna have to give it to somebody it would just be Dejounte again but it's like it was still even if you evaluate DeJounte from my standards tonight, he even played a little bit subpar, but he had a rough game overall. And I feel like that's just what's going to happen with DeJounte this year. We're going to see DeJounte go for like six games playing great. Then he's going to have an off night because his back is hurting from carrying this team. Mm. So like, I mean, but think about it. that's how the season has gone so far. We had the Thunder game and then we had this game and it's just like he can't get the ball it's not that he's not shooting high iq shots he shot a lot of open threes tonight just missed him um and i just think that those off nights are going to keep happening with the you know the load that he's having to carry um Mm -hmm. in most of the games this year so just kind of give me your thoughts on the defense tonight ethan it was just terrible 
I mean, there's really nothing else to say. Our team defense was god-awful. Just no communication, no chemistry. Rotations were atrocious. Several times during the game where both players would, you know, go with the same player on a dribble handoff or a pick-and-roll, and there'd be, like, this miscommunication moment where they'd look at each other and, like, point at each other, like that Spider-Man meme. Like, you were supposed to go with Cat. Now he's just taking it right up the middle and slamming it on her face. You can pour Trey Jones under there just, like, trying his best. Or Derek White gets switched on to Cat, or Bryn Forbes gets switched on to Cat several times. Just not a good look overall. Um, and it also didn't help that the Timberwolves are really hot from three. Even when we had our hands up, they were just knocking them down 43% tonight from the three point land. Just not a good look. And, you know, once again, I can't reiterate it enough. We cannot defend a pick and roll to save our lives. I don't know why. I don't know why it's so difficult. I don't have the basketball expertise or knowledge to explain it but it feels like we're way worse than most other teams. Like when we try and run pick and rolls, we just can't get it in like to save our lives. And then they're just easily dumping the ball down to whoever the role man is on the other side of the ball. So yeah, for some reason we can't get over those screens. We're just getting caught and caught and caught. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's atrocious. It's just really, really bad defense. We have good defenders. We have, you know, Devin Vassell's great defender. DeJounte Murray's a good defender. Derek White's a good defender. Uh, but individual defenders, <laughs> just as a team, we still yeah. haven't clicked and we haven't figured it out. And I know that's going to take a long time to kind of figure that out. Like you don't become a 2014 Spurs overnight. Um, but it's just so painful to watch as a fan when we're used to the two defense being our main thing. Yeah. Yeah. We've just got you know we asked for this though we asked for all the young guys we did and we're getting them we're getting them for sure and this is this is what it is i want to get to some comments here i know we're going to keep on keep kind of staying on topic of of course our structure tonight's show but i really want to touch on lonnie walker um and i think this is a great point dj not gonna dj not gonna get traded uh pickle nick i appreciate you being in here my man but we're not gonna trade Dejounte. um at least uh, we aren't maybe brian wright will but we won't um and Lonnie tonight, uh, I wrote down specifically somewhere. Yeah, just I didn't want him. No more Lonnie mid-range. I wrote that. And I'm like, he's not even like consistent from the three-point line, unfortunately. Um, and it's even worse from there. And so it's like, you're going to get a fancy layup like we saw last game that was super impressive because Lonnie is unquestionably an uber athlete but honing all of that in and applying it to basketball just have not happened in the past four the first four years of his career with arguably and unarguably one of the best develop development staffs in the NBA so I th- those are my thoughts on Lonnie Ethan I, I think it's it's just time for him Mm -hmm. Uh, after this year, I, like I was thinking watching the game and I saw y'all, I saw Boudet already out here talking about it. Like I'm so ready for Josh Primo to be taking these shots. Yeah. Yeah. He did not have a good game tonight. Poor Lonnie Walker. And the more I think about it, has he really, I know he's been working. I don't want to question his work ethic, but has he really improved all that much from he hasn't added a skill at all yeah like he's average okay mid-range shooter but even that streaky his three-point ball is super streaky it's not a consistent shot he's super athletic like you said he can dunk with the best of them 
He's a great finisher, but also at the same time, I question his ability to finish through contact with layups. Just holding onto the ball is an issue. Holding onto the ball at any at any place on the court. Decision making is also questionable because I think he hears Spurs fans and maybe even the coaching staff telling him you need to be that go-to guy. Um, and I think that has changed his mindset to be almost, I don't want to say too selfish because he's not too selfish, but he, he, he decides, okay, now's the one I'm going to take over, but he decides to do that when it's, when it's definitely the wrong decision. Do you know what I mean? Like when he's clearly does not have a path to the basket and he has like a Bryn Forbes wide open in the corner and he decides I'm the guy I'm going to take it because that's what I'm supposed to do. Like, yeah, true. But it's clearly the better decision to pass up that, you know, cluttered paint and kick it to a guy that's capable of making threes. And this happened to him a couple times, unfortunately, as the seasons progressed, where there's been somebody with a better shot and he's just kind of not passed up the opportunity and then missed a layup or something or turned the ball over. Um, it's just a never ending, you know, loop of, of unfortunate things. We've tried it. We, we tried have. it for four years. We're going to give him probably the rest of the year. Like I'm yes. not, I'm, I'm really cool with that at the end of the day. Like, yeah, it'd be cool if you trade him, but like why mess up the team chemistry? Just let him walk in free agency. I mean, it would be cool to get like a pick or something out of Lonnie, but it's like any team that like, why would any team trade for him? No, they won't. Yeah. The, they won't. Because if the Spurs are going to trade him, that means they're not going to offer him any contract. So mm. Why would they trade for him when they could just sign him in the offseason? I mean, maybe it's a team that doesn't have a lot of cap space, but it's not like Lonnie's going to be demanding a huge contract. I don't yeah. I don't even know if he's going to get more than what he's making now. So unfortunately for Lonnie, he li- he falls in this weird like in between like limbo stage. OK, so let's look at his mid range game. It's not better than Devin's. Devin's got a better mid range game. His three point ball. It's not better than Devin's. It's not better than Bryn's. You know, his passing ability, is he a good playmaker? I wouldn't say he's better than Trey Jones. No. Honestly, I don't know if I'd say he's better than Devin Vassell as a playmaker at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I like agree every, with that. Yeah. So it's like, where, where does he fit? Because if he's not going to knock down spot-up shoot uh, threes like he didn't do tonight, one of ten, then he's basically non-existent, unfortunately. Yep. Yep. And, you know, maybe that's the reason why you drafted basically two guards this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Wies Camp. Uh, also in the second round i know Wies camp is kind of like devin where he can play like two through four but um yeah yeah maybe that was the reason why we'll have to see the good news is you got depth there you know that can kind of do already do what lonnie you know we need lonnie to do like yeah we know Wies camp can come in and hit a three even if he gets abused defensively um which would you know, do more for the team right now, unfortunately, than all, all the stuff that Lonnie is attempting to do. It's just sad. It is just really sad. Yeah. Um, but let's get to some positives and let's talk about some unsung heroes. Um, I think that our boy is going to make, uh, this is definitely going to be a double hitter. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's with Trey Jones. You just alluded to it there with your head nod. So I'm going to let you take it, Ethan. What did, uh, what did you see from Trey Jones tonight? 
I just love Trey Jones. Every time he comes into the game, you immediately see his impact. When he came into the game in the second quarter, he realized that we were kind of, you know, had our feet in the mud and we were kind of getting bullied around because we started off so slow. And he took it upon himself to be that point guard and really push the pace. He was like, okay, guys, we're going to, you know, get the ball and push all the way down the floor. And he really brought the game back to a five point game at a point in the second quarter, single handedly with his passing ability with his ability to really push the pace and get to the rack. He's not a shooter. I don't think he's even shot like a jump shot tonight. I mean, yeah, four for six. I'm pretty sure they were all layups. Um, he had like a little like leaning back, like floater thing. Yes. Like, kind of yes, yeah. near the elbow, but still in the paint. L1 said it, you know, perfectly. I'm kind of rambling here, but he always makes the right play. That is so true. His IQ is off the charts and his yeah. impact is immediate. You see it when he's on the court. And defensively, he's no slouch either. He locked up Pat he's Bev. He's going to get really, really, really good defensively. Yes. I know Pat Bev isn't an offensive weapon, but I just saw, I remember vividly him locking <laughs> up Pat Bev where he couldn't go anywhere with the ball. And I was like, there you go. There you go. You're really giving mm-hmm. it to Patrick Beverly there. That's a good, great way to start off the night. Um, I know his impact kind of lessened as the game went on, but he only had 15 minutes. He was kind of sharing minutes with Bryn Forbes, who also had 20, and then Lonnie had 23. Um, But I really think if we need to continue to up his minutes and kind of replace Bryn Forbes in the overall rotation. Yeah, I agree with you, man, Uh, for everything that you just said. The things that I'll say about uh, Trey Jones is I think he's super versatile offensively. Mm -hmm. Like he can run your offense or he can be an off-ball cutter. Yes, his yes. cutting ability tonight once again put on display, um, and I still think he's he's a guy who knows how to find his spot. And even if he's not like you know, we we know that Trey Jones is not like a knockdown three point shooter. He's just yeah. a guy who's who can who can make it if you leave him open. But he knows like how to get to his spot, and like just him being there sets up the entire offense, provides spacing, and like that just the impact, the threat of him being in the right spot with the correct spacing because there's so many times on defense and offense for for this matter Mm -hmm. that guys are running into each other trying to figure out where they should be you know there's like three guys and like on the left corner you know and it's just like a pick and roll with DeJounte and Eubanks and Trey Jones always knows where to be even whenever it comes to shooting space even though he's not like an elite shooter so that is just another thing that he does that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Uh, the more minutes he plays, it seems like every argument, we're getting more arguments for Unsung Hero. Um, another person I want to talk about tonight that other people maybe um, aren't, you know, didn't really feel that great about is Doug McDermott. I know he went one for five from three, and that's like, dude, we literally signed you to do this, and he's been cold. But he did some good things tonight driving to the rim. Um, really, you know, when the offense was dying, he was able to just go and, and get us some buckets. Um, but I just think also he's just an NBA player. Yeah. And like when he's on the floor, you can kind of it's that same thing with Trey Jones. You notice the impact and it's just like he doesn't do a lot of the stupid stuff that is causing us mm-hmm. problems. Like even if he's not, you know, having the greatest game of all time, at least shooting the ball tonight, he did. He did a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Um, like he still impacts the game in a positive way and doesn't make mistakes, even if his like the thing we signed him for isn't going well. Where with everybody yeah. else, like with Forbes, for example, like it's there's not very much else that he adds when he's struggling and not shooting well. Um, and he played well tonight. He's another person who made some shots tonight, at least on the offensive end. He he made some shots, but yeah. still obviously 
got was taken advantage of and struggled mightily defensively. So don't want to excuse that, but I uh, wanted to give a shout out to Doug McDermott there as well. So yeah, what's his name? Um, Sean Elliott said something a couple games ago about Doug McDermott that I hadn't really thought of. And, you know, as I continue to watch games, it's, it's like, I can totally see it. And he does something when he doesn't have the ball and he's kind of off ball, standing in the corner, standing on the wing, he's always ready to catch and shoot. And always. that's what Trey is able to do too. Like yes. you can see it in their hands and we didn't pass it to them. Go ahead. I'm interrupting. No, you're totally fine. And some of our young guys don't do that. And what that does is it creates more threats. And that's what, um, Sean Elliott was saying is the defense is already assuming you're going to shoot. So now this, like, as soon as you, you move, they're not expecting you to cut and it makes it in, in like an easier wide open pass for Thaddeus Young in the high post or whoever to dish it down to you going back door. And same thing. If you catch the ball and you're already in that shooting position, they're going to move up on you because they think you're going to shoot. That opens up another driving lane. You know what I mean? And like guys like Lonnie Walker, unfortunately he catches it and he kind of just catches it you know his feet aren't set he's not in a shooting position they know he's probably gonna he catches it then fake. decides what to do exactly and that's some things that our young guys need to improve on so we can kind of create some more threats and our offense isn't so predictable yeah absolutely all right um you know so at the end of the game we usually do some sections where we say hey like what's one thing we did well what's something we can do better moving forward for this one, I was like, hey, let's just do a, like what we liked, what we didn't like section. I realized in my entire game notes, I don't have a single thing written down that I liked. Um, other than, you know, Devin Vassell playing well offensively. We can say that. Keldon hit a three. I think he might have hit two. Um, that's good. But the point is, let's just move on to, to what we didn't like tonight and, and what uh, are, you know, the issues that the Spurs are having um, and how, you know, the, and, and, and address some area the areas that need to be addressed if that's worded right it's kind of hard for me to speak there um after this game has just left me just left me speechless ethan all right so i'm just gonna run down my notes i'm gonna let you give your spiel ethan then we'll wrap this thing up all right so slow start obviously which is something that doesn't always happen with the spurs like we've seen them get out to fast starts against really good teams and then kind of crumble afterwards tonight obviously just couldn't get anything going. We're able to get it to around a five-point game, though, um, going into halftime. So they were able – it might have not been halftime, but they cut it to five, I remember, at one point in the game in the second half. So point is they came back, you know, weathered the storm. So I was happy with that. Um, we were running more sets in the first half, which I was pleased with, even though, like, they didn't always work out. It was like, okay, at least we're running some structured offense here. And then at some point we just completely stopped doing that. And that's when everything went completely downhill. You know, you got some some ISO mid-range jumpers here and there from Devin um, or a bucket from from Keldon going inside. But, I mean, did, I say that. I don't even know if Keldon did that. Yes, he, he had 12 points. Okay. Um, and then everything just, just went to crap, like I said. There's a couple of reasons for that. Um, we saw Thaddeus Young come in and just get abused, didn't see the floor for the rest of the night. Um, I don't want to say that that was necessarily his fault. It's just like, what are you expecting when you put six, seven Thaddeus Young on Carl Anthony Towns, mm-hmm. one of the best centers in the league? Um, once again, another point of I cannot wait until Zach Collins is back. But I'm, I, you know, I'm hyping him up, Ethan, and it's like Zach Collins is not even a guaranteed like good player on the Spurs yet. I've been saying this, but like, yeah, I need to be a little bit more cautious. You know, it's like the idea of it looks great and the highlights we've seen from Portland. And I remember watching him in Portland and thinking he was a solid player. And I, I do think at the end of the day, like, 
at worst, he's going to just be a floor spacing average bench big man, which is better than anything that we have right now. So that that'll still be, I think, a net positive thing. But, you know, the idea of him being 23 and being able to grow under the Spurs development, that's another thing that remains to be seen. The good news is I honestly at this point, like watching that tonight and, you know, you saw the Keita Bates lineups at center. You saw the Kelton lineups at center. I'm like, no, dude, like I know obviously Jock can't play right now, but I am I'm I'm not back, backing off the play Jock Landale thing. Like I would this is a situation where I know he's a rookie and like we went back and we talked about the Jeff McDaniels, I believe, the San Antonio Express news reporter who said like, "Oh, I wouldn't expect a rookie to do this, but I, I would I would much rather play him than, you know, Thaddeus Young in that situation." So, we need both of those guys to get healthy so that we can play them in situations like these. Uh, the other things is bigs continue to be put in one V ones with guards on the perimeter. I saw that like twice with Eubanks on Anthony Edwards tonight that led to step back threes. Um, this is something else that I saw in the comments. Uh, we don't pass to wide open shooters a lot. Yeah. It's specifically yeah. with four players, um, Derek, DeJounte and Keldon with DeJounte. I don't mind a lot because he just goes and makes the bucket. Usually, um, mm-hmm. The other guys, not the same case. And you were talking about how, you know, Doug is like ready to shoot. There was a time where Lonnie, I believe, was driving in. It might have been Keldon, though. I'm not sure. It was one of those two. It wasn't Derek or DeJounte. Or maybe it was Derek. I know I just mentioned it could have been three people. It definitely wasn't DeJounte. Um, and they were, he was, they were driving inside, and we had Trey Jones in the left corner. And still, like with good spacing, but on the left wing, we had Doug McDermott, both wide open, both had their hands like literally like this. You could see it on the screen waiting for a pass. And nope, we go in to a contested layup with Carl Anthony Towns. Like, so that's just something. Uh, I thought there was a lack of intensity, honestly, throughout the game tonight, except for Devin um, and DeJounte and Jakob for when he played. Jakob played really well. We didn't get to talk about Jakob tonight, um, but Jakob played really well. We'll get to that later. But that lack of intensity throughout the game, there were definitely, I've seen a lot more intensity in other games earlier this year so i felt like there's a difference tonight and then the last thing that i'll finish off here for my just game rant is uh the end of the third quarters have been rough for us in multiple multiple games um so that's just something i'm not sure why that time of the game we consistently kind of let up a little bit like regardless of whether if we're winning or we're losing that seems to be just a time where we get a you know we get lackadaisical if you will um so that that's probably just another thing with a young team but just wanted to talk about that also so i mean what are some things that you didn't like tonight that you think the spurs can get better at (laughs) there were several things i did not like tonight and one thing i did like and i'll touch on that like in the middle of my little rant here and i'll try and keep it as simple as possible we started off super slow like you said but all stemmed from just absolutely atrocious defense for some reason, we just couldn't you know, keep up with our rotations, and that led to us getting really trampled in that first quarter. And that bad defense led to what? Low energy. And for the rest of the game, we were pretty much always low energy. Somebody alluded to it in the comments. We really weren't closing out with that same intensity that we normally were on jump shooters and you know, things like that that kind of lead to you know, you know, young teams kind of fall into these, into these holes. And unfortunately, we did that tonight. And that low energy led to the T-Wolves kind of – 
getting a little bit lazy in that second quarter. They thought, oh, the Spurs will just kind of go away. But Trey Jones, they probably didn't plan for Trey Jones to come in like he did, be that spark plug like we talked about. And those are the two things. Their laziness and Trey Jones really brought us back into the game. But otherwise, we know, we probably didn't deserve to keep it that close. We really played a pretty bad game overall. And in the second half, you know, that that proved true because the T-Wolves just came out and stomped us again. And one of those main reasons, as you just pulled up Tito's comments, was we cannot shoot the basketball. We are just not a good three-point shooting team. As much as we would love to say that we were, we went out, we got, you know, Dougie McBuckets. We went out, we got Brent Forbes. We're still not a good three-point shooting team. And, the, you know, the best evidence of that is that Keldon Johnson, like TSR was saying earlier, has turned into our most efficient three-point scorer over the past couple games. Other than Devin, I know he was two for seven tonight, but I'd rather I'd rather Devin shoot the three, but I can't argue with the stats. KJ is uh, turning into a little bit better of a three-point shooter as of late. Um, but the one thing I did like from this game was the Trey Jones-Doug McDermott combo. That was actually yes. really nice. They had a really nice repertoire together. And I think the two threes or the one Their three that Doug McDermott hit. Yeah, the one elite. three that he hit was a transition three with a great pass from Trey Jones, who was pushing it in transition, unlike some of our other guys um, who tend to kind of you know dribble up fast at first and then kind of like look around all scared and hesitate and then kind of fade off to the to the wing. Trey Jones is really just attacking the the paint to get to the rim and kick out to wide open shooters, which is exactly what we need our point guard to do. So I like that combo. I know we just made a video of um, Devin Vassell needs to start video. And the more I think about it, TSR said it, he thinks that, um, what's his name? Doug McDermott needs to come off the bench as a backup small forward more than a starting four. The more I think about it, the more I like it, especially if we're going to give Trey Jones the reins on that bench unit uh, instead of Bryn Forbes. Instead, yeah, instead of Bryn Forbes, that could be a really deadly combo if it continues to you know show itself like it did tonight. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some positives for us from Ethan. Uh, like I said, you know, the, the honestly my favorite play, even though it was upsetting was seeing like okay hey this was a set offense we had a drive to the rim and like we it wasn't just a simplistic drive and kick like it was set up it was thought out and it was foolproof to where like you were gonna get two shooters who were in position and ready to catch and shoot and still you know couldn't get anything but you love to see the off-ball movement from both of those guys and it definitely has an impact that does not show up on the stat sheet but it's been consistent this year throughout the Spurs season that we've kind of come in and we've had consistent things that we've talked about whether it's size missing shots um you know a lack of uh play calling in an offense uh or you know um, a lack of effort sometimes if we want to go back to Lucas Samanich in the preseason. But we're still here, and we're still always going to be here. Um, and did you press that? I did. Okay, I did. you did press I it. Really, I really liked what he said. I was going to let you finish. but Okay, I was gonna, actually about to wrap up the episode, so oh, okay. go Sorry. ahead and address this. No worries, no worries. White Dog, I haven't seen him in here before, but this is a really smart um, observation so true because we don't have that superstar a lot of our guys can't get open like dj's our only one that can attract a second defender and when he's not playing well you're right we're absolutely doomed because those defenders know we just don't leave Bryn forbes just don't leave him. don't leave doug mcdermott why would we and it's working 
that I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because honestly, that was probably the simplest, um, yeah. uh, explanation for tonight's game and things going forward because I mean, DJ is not even really going to demand that, but mm-hmm. like they can still double team him if they want to, yeah. you know what I mean? If they really like everybody knows that the bag, the cat's out of the bag, they know about what the Spurs team is. And it's, it's interesting because on every broadcast and I'll end with this on every broadcast, it seems like every team or broadcasters go out of their way to say like, look, we're probably going to beat them tonight, but like, this is a good team. <laughs> like, yeah, that's I know. And oh. that's, that's like what everybody is kind of saying. So, you know, because of that, people like they respect us enough to where they're going to game plan for us and vets are going to take us seriously which is a problem because it's like that's surprising teams is how we would take advantage of them. If you kind of go to like the preseason storyline and we're not going to surprise anybody. So I think the young guys are dealing with that. Um, And Hey, this is a great point. SA lost, but Austin got the win. So is it really an L? Is it an L when Josh Primo scores? Let's pause momentary pause 10 seconds for station identification just 10 seconds for station can i even get to the g league on here all right you know what just since we're already this deep i'm gonna go ahead and do an austin spurs um box score breakdown Mm. all right never mind i'm just gonna read you josh primo's stats all right so our, our guy had four blocks two steals three assists and 11 points didn't shoot that great, 5 for 11, 1 for 4 from 3, but, you know, still found other ways to contribute. We like to see it. That's that's more than Lonnie. But our man Wheeze Camp, Wheezy F. Bucket, 22, 8 for 14, 3 for 7 from 3, uh, and had 5 boards as well. And Deontay Kaycock, just because I'm up here, my man had 16 and 17 tonight. So two-way guys doing well for the Spurs um, but definitely even when Primo didn't have the greatest game still was able to find some areas to contribute Um, like my man Renee says four blocks nice that's really good Um, and Wieskamp found a way to get some buckets tonight as well so you love to see it from the Austin Spurs guys I think that's a good positive note uh, to end off today's show so we're gonna go ahead and end it right there I've been Jude McLaren wait where's my other way I'm here. Come on. Come on. How do I do this? I'm trying so hard. I can't. Okay, there we go. That's Ethan Quintero, and we'll see you guys next time.